going to speak. Let me quickly say something just. We're giving 4,500 plates of food every month out of ARC. And the one of the reasons why we can do that is because of a small community of church, which we call church, that comes together. 4,500 plates of food. You can go and work it out yourself. Ons het so vaste budget van 6,000 rand wat inkom vast en 4,500 mense koos in die maand. Let's give the Lord a hand. I've seen, I've seen how the, the Lord opens up doors. I've seen how the Lord, how the Lord creates a great um, environment. And we're not, we don't know. How, I'm not with surety saying, Lord, this is how we're going to do this. What I do know is that we're walking out on the water. I attended a conference um, recently. And I was with some of the boys there. And I said to them, what the people of talking about we are already pioneering in this season what people are saying what needs to happen in how the church needs to adapt guys the bible says jesus comes back and he says they say lord when did we not clothe you and when did we not feed you he said when you did not do it to the least of them A greater love has no one seen that heaven will bankrupt 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 that heaven will bankrupt itself. It will go insolvent for the sake of you. I said this morning, I, I walked in with Abigail, and I said to her, Abigail, you know, um, Jesus makes a very big deal of us. That I know all the praise and all the, he's worthy of all our praise. But you, you want to know who he gives the praise? That guy sold out on his bride. As jy met a meisie trou, and jy is nie verlief nie, het jy probleem. If you don't have a, 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 a heart that is inclined to love. I remember waking up to that beautiful girl over there, roughly 18 years ago. And um, I never realized the nose was broken. A, a, a brother, was I blikskottel? A brother let her fall out of the pram. He was supposed to look over her. And he let her fall out of the pram and she broke her nose. And I, I'm like, what happened to you? And it's... And all of a sudden, I realized that the nose was... I was so in love, I could not even see any... I want to tell you, Jesus does not look to us with any malicious eyes. He's not angry with us. This morning, it's not even about the amount. You can never, ever impress God with anything that you can do for Him or give to Him. The Lord's been faithful. Uh, let me tell you this story. The other day, I, I stay in an in a, um, estate where the people are a good middle class and um, I put up a few videos of the R guys just to make a stirring in our in our community because we are taking the people literally people off the street we're resurrecting the dead we're seeing God resurrecting the dead and you know what happened a widow Mama Zolisi a widow's heart is moved by what we are doing and she asked me for our banking details. She paid in 500 rand. A widow. Her husband is a reverend. But her heart, her heart gets moved. And God takes note at people whose hearts still get moved by him. Amen. He takes note of the widow's sins. Because he multiplies. Guys, we're never in lack. In the church, you can never ever be on the back foot. Never. There's not a way. 
David maak een sling, en sê met my God spring ek oor die meer. There is no way that we could ever be on the back foot in the church. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Do we believe the things that we say? Do we believe the word? I want to say to you this morning, that it doesn't matter what you are facing, what the trial and tribulation might be in your life, God's already got the answer. He's not predicting any futures. He's creating the future. He's not a predictor. He does not hope maybe things will work out for your good. He knows exactly. And that's why he allows you to work through certain things in your life so that he can prove his faithfulness and his kindness. Because his character doesn't change because of you. If you are unfaithful, he's still faithful. If you lose the road, guess what? He's all the way with you. He's never left nor forsake you. Even in your worst day. I remember this week I spent time with Neville and Neville holding me and he said to me, listen here, think of the worst thing you've ever done. And then realize that God can't think anything any differ, different about you. I want to say to you this today, that the Lord is sold out on people whose hearts are diligently seeking Him. So I'm going to take up an offering this as we are roughly at the end of the month. Anyone who wants to pay with a card, you can just raise your hand to, um, for Marie. Um, we are not, even the, the services that we do here, we are not even breaking even with our expenses, just to give you guys an idea. And I don't make a big deal out of finances because I believe that we, the, the Lord has taken me into a season where we turn our eyes to Jesus. Okay, so you have a lot of Rosh Hashanah, you have Okay, so hallelujah. Let's see. Okay, so um, let's, let's take up the offering, please, for whosoever feels moved in the heart as the Lord lays it upon your heart. All the art guys, take out all the soda phones that we took the other night at the other church, okay? And the wallets and that, you're going to throw it into the offering this morning. <laughs> okay. Um, so on, on my side, I, I quickly want to just say, um, uh, Marie spoke about Rosh Usana. So I remember when we went into the year um, 5770, okay, in the Jewish calendar. Now we're now in 5783. Now when we went into the year 5770, it, it was the decade of the eye. It was discernment. It was all about discernment. And you had to discern before, the, before God takes you into any promise. You need to see it with your eye. And then we went over from the 70s to the 80s in the Jewish calendar now. Okay, We are now in 83. When we went into 80, it moved from the eye to the mouth. And I believe this season, we're going to have what we speak. We're going to have breakthrough. I'm, I'm trusting, I'm calling on the name of the Lord. I'm calling crazy things at this stage. People are looking at me and they say to me, what rook jylle by ook? What? I, I, absolutely nothing. It's 100% right. They're not even allowed to smoke cigarettes. Okay, so let's give the Lord a hand. Okay. Okay, so please don't leave your stompies outside. They, they will smoke. They, 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 they would have smoked it. They're not smoking it anymore. All these guys here are some of my senior guys. Okay. Um, we've got a whole house back there in Reiten this morning because we can't bring everyone to church. We need, we, we need, we need vehicles. So we're having church in Reiten. We're having church in Bronkospreit. And we dispatch the people out to different places. And I'm excited about what God is doing in our midst. Amen. So I'm trusting the Lord by the end of next year 
to be at the point where we can feed 200 people per day in Ark. And that means it's going to roughly, you can make that, you can just make that thing, it's 18,000 plates of food <laughs> every month. Are we going to do it? Yes, I know. I, I think God can do it. I think God, he, f- he fed people for 40 years, 5 million um, rebellious Jews in the desert. And every day, I, my, myself and one of my, um, my colleagues w- once had a, uh, a difference because he said, God sent in the, the quail and then they had to catch the quail. I said, man, there was no time to catch a quail. There's, so he showed me the, it speaks about the bones and how they ate and stuff like that and the feathers I said no man that's nonsense you made your order you said Kentucky fried chicken and then the quails came flying through the cloud of fire and you stand ready with your plate yeah instant instant because it's, it's not works of God I believe God gave them he didn't throw flour out of heaven and he gave them manna it was bread the manna means what is this what is this and um, so he didn't give them flour and eggs and a lot. He gave them manna. So if he prepared f- manna, why won't he give you KFC? So I believe some guys were standing there, the African guys, hey, Papa, I want chicken leekin. <laughs> so they made an order for Nando's chicken leekin. Eh? All that stuff. Imagine you coming to your dinner and your mom's got KFC and you've, you, you come in with your extra hot peri-peri. Chicken leekin. <laughs> I mean, that's just the, the awesome God that we do serve. Okay, so... That's my take. Let's just bless the finances. Father, we bless the finances and we are thankful for your goodness and your kindness, Lord, in this season. And even in, as we are in the resurrection day, in the time of resurrection, you said earlier this morning it's a jubilee year. A jubilee means that you are excuse of all debt against you. It means that you are free. You start over. 50 is always a season of starting over. Father, this season I want to ask, Lord, that you cancel debt over our life and that you raise us up for your goodness and your kindness in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, as I am speaking on the fifth part of endurance, I'm, I'm completing this series. Uh, maybe n- next week um, I might just speak on Rosh Hussana as uh, Marie just made me. Three years ago, we changed our name exactly. We didn't know it was Rosh Hussana. I don't follow the Jewish um, festivals and stuff like that we don't or not deliberately and when we we, we we didn't know when we chose the date not chose when the Lord spoke to us about the date it was on the 29th of September it was on my friend's birthday who passed away last year and um, we, we decided to change the church name from Leven of Word Broncos Pray to Acts 29 the movement it's not that we decided the Lord spoke it and when the Lord spoke to me he said to me be the next chapter I believe you don't get saved by works. No works can ever save you. But don't tell me you love him if you don't have works. Don't tell me how much you love him by expressing it in church. It's the way you go out and love others beyond what it's comfortable. Amen? It's to come out of your comfort zone, to step out, to say, Lord, this is what I believe. So let's start with Romans 5 verse 3. And um, this has been my, my base scripture for the past few weeks. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. I've been speaking about this now. For, it's the fifth week now. A joyful confidence. Guys, I'm confident. I'm having joy. This joy that he's speaking about is being confident even when you're going to go through a trial. You're about to be thrown in the lion's den, but you've got a joy in your heart. 
People looks at, looks at the early church people and they think, how the heck, they got thrown in the Colosseum, they're going to be eaten by lions, they're going to be crucified alive now, just like Jesus was, upside down, their heads get chopped off, and people jump into the arena and they give their hearts to God because they say, these people have such great conviction that we would want to die as nobly as they've done. The early church was not faced. Paul writes many of his letters saying, don't let my circumstances pull you down. Don't look at my jail. Don't look at the fact that I'm in jail and in chains as uh, being in a position where I am uh, in a lower posture. He's speaking out of a place where he's making mention. He says, let this encourage you. And all the more, this must make you to stand up and say, I want to go and preach. You know what? When you take the fear of not going, out, going to jail, we are too scared. I said the other day, I was speaking to a few pastors. I said, we are too afraid to go to jail. We want to be politically accurate. We don't want to die. The church doesn't want to die. Man, I'm, I'm ready to go out whenever. I've got still a big responsibility because I've got that little girl over there. She's four years old. So I've got a responsibility, but if it's finished and my time has come, please release me. Um, I've got a family member that's lying on the end. And I said to my children the other day, please, man, if I get to that place, don't phone the ambulance and try and keep me um, artificially alive. Allow me to go, man. I want to go. I believe that there's a resurrection. Amen. I believe in the resurrection and the life. So um, when Paul writes this to the, in the book of Romans, He's speaking of having in a difficult time a joyful confidence knowing that your pressures, your Bible will say sufferings, that your your pressures will develop in you a patient endurance. So the main thing that I want to see in this season is not the church being offended or getting hurt because we address certain hurts in our lives. You know what's nice about Ark? Even if you're angry with me, you can't go nowhere. <laughs> because I'm going to come and fetch you. <laughs> okay? um, so I tell the people when they come into Ark, one of the very f- few statements that I do make in the beginning is, usually they don't like me. And I say to them, you, it's fine you're not liking me because you don't need to like me because I've got a paper against my wall. I mean, that doesn't tell you I'm a pastor. I mean, if I walk on street, nobody necessarily thinks I'm a pastor. So in reality, I tell them, don't ever trust anyone just because of a paper. Amen? Should you give a guy the job because he's got the paper or because he's got the experience? Yeah, you give a on, on the basis that he can do the job. I want to know if the guy do the job. I don't want to know if he knows how to do the job. The other day, we gave uh, one of the guys at ARC on, um, who was in the program, Yanni, we promoted him out of the program because he's busy living a life that speaks about surrender. And we said, listen here, let's give the guy the function. Because in the church, it's all about functions, not about titles. I've got prophets and apostles and this and that. I want to tell you, God doesn't care about titles. He's all about functionality. He cares if you are willing to go and get your hands dirty. You know who was the greatest, the greatest martyrs in the early church? They were called the apostles, the saint ones. Apostle means saint one. Today, it means that you are sent to sit in a very fancy place and you need people serving you. If you've ever been to jail, I don't think it is very nice maybe to do it, but let's do it. <laughs> okay, so if you've ever been to jail or in jail and you walk around like that, okay, that's what's happening in church. 
Nobody in the church laughs because nobody's been to jail. Okay, so who of you guys has been to jail? Okay. So this is going to be what I say. That means you need to walk around and you're holding another guy's pocket. It means you are his friend. Okay? You're going through tough places together. But in reality, what I really believe what the Lord is doing is, is the Lord is changing the culture. He's changing the church and He's taking away the fear. He's taking away the... I, I said to the guys the other day at Oka, I said, if you want to try and commit suicide, let's do it with meaning. I will pay for your air ticket and I'll send you to Karnataka State in India, which is the most... It's the most uh, persecuted state in the world. If you're a Christian, you start speaking publicly, they torture you. They, they, they set you ablaze. You, you become on fire. I've seen them. I've seen them burn a girl that gave her heart to Jesus and they burned her publicly. And it was not nice. It was not like that girl is on fire. I want to say to you, there's no beauty in it. You know how she was, what she was doing? She was worshipping. As they set their ablaze. These things, these things, Touch my heart. Because there's no other gospel. The gospel is the same here as in India. But we have made it a comfortable gospel. We've made it, a, 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 the church wants to know it needs to go well. And we want to leave all this inheritance. I want to say to you, you owe nothing. Nothing is yours. Everything, the day you surrendered your life to Jesus, you gave everything away. He gave everything away. And I'm not trying to manipulate you to give your house and your cars like they did in the early church. I believe we're going into a season where it's going to cost the church much more. I said to my wife the other day, I said, I'm at the place where I'm willing, I'm willing to sell my house. And I want to, if I have to pay the price to make this thing succeed, I'll do it. Give everything. Why? Because I really believe that the Lord spoke to us. In spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, listen now, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined. On 100 years, I want to say to you, I had niks meer nie. En ek praat van ons is redelijk, ons het nou nie baie kinders van ochtend in die kerk nie, so, dit is nou my meeste family, so ek mag het sê. Hy was roosijnkies. Dit was op. Daar was geen meer hoop in sy in sy teste sê, dat het enig iets kon voortbring. Amen? So luister hier, his faith was so strong that he could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. Ek of jy sê, when Joseph got the prophetic word, he would not let his brothers undermine him. When Daniel got the prophetic word, and it was said to him that he's not allowed to pray, he opened up his windows and he would not keep count. That's character, guys. If the, if, if, the, if the word comes out, you're not allowed to pray and you're going to open up your... So you, 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 you are telling me I'm not allowed to do this? Let me show you what my God wants to do. So all of a sudden, he opens up the windows with a declaration saying, I am who he said I am. And I'm going to do whatever he said I'm going to do. And I'm going to believe him because that is counted to you as righteousness. Now I want to say to you, there is prophetic word in this room that scares me. Great prophetic word. Romans 8.24 For this is the hope of your salvation. But hope means that we must trust and wait while it is still unseen. So hope is always something that is unseen. You know why I'm keeping to my wife? Why I'm sticking? Because I've got a prophetic word that I'm going to grow old in my heart. 
I'm going to grow old with her. So that's why I'm not afraid of dying because I've got a prophetic word. And I'm going to see my children and my grandchildren. I'm going to play with my grandchildren one day on the beach. I'm going to have them in my bed. I'm going to cuddle them. Amen. And I can't wait to go into that season of my life where I can see my sons prosper, my daughter getting married to a godly guy. Amen. I believe that God wants to do these type of things. For why um, would we need to hope for something that, is, that we already have? If you already have it, you don't need to hope for it. Okay? I get in order to hear it to for a I get a Okay? I get genoeg kinders. Okay? So the, the, the gevolg is it is, I don't need to hope for that. You know what makes hope? Hope is something that you don't have and you don't think you can get it. And it's not necessarily, necessarily um, able for you to get to that point. It is when you continue to preserve and keep the faith because God has said it. God has said it. Now today, Vincent, I'm very glad you are in the church today. Because God spoke a, a word over your life, for instance. And I believe that God's going to raise up something in your spirit to say, Lord, I am willing to go out and I am willing to do these things. And what seemingly seems impossible might become possible through God. Amen? I've got young men there. Christian, I saw you this morning st standing in front of the Lord. You know what the Lord said? He's saying, I'm taking attention of you. I'm taking note of your posture and of your heart because you've got a line inside of you. You're not scared, but you're, you're like a Jack Russell. And you're going to go to the fight. And I want to say to you, but you're going to fight for the right reason. You've changed your mind. You're going to fight. You're going to do it for the right cause. And that is what gives me hope. So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. And what the Bible is saying here is that the Holy Spirit is the one that keeps on empowering us, telling us, you can do it. Wilhelmin, I can't even wait your man come. I'm serious. Can't even wait. Your, your day is drawing near. You're going to have, you can have children. You're going to see God's grace upon your life. Amen. Yeah, let's give a word. Let's give the Lord a word. Because God has plans for us. He has plans for us. And in a very, in a, in a season where things, we tend to want to give up. But the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And it's got a deep cry. The Holy Spirit searches the heart. I mean, he's a kenner van die hart en die proever van die nere, sê die woord. When he searches our hearts and that most insecure places, then he draws out out of a deep well. He calls forth promises that seemingly to others are impossible. But that's okay. And be a great preacher. You've got a heart, you're a mother, you mother people, you father people, that's going to restore a lot of people around you. God's going to use that anointing on your life to love people and then He's going to give you a testimony and a platform so that you can share the goodness and the kindness of God. Now I'm, saying, I'm, I'm declaring over you today that you will see in the future how God's going to use your mouth. He's going to bring many people and say to me, going to say, surely that word was the truth. Amen? Listen here.
for example, at times we don't even know how to pray or how or know the best things to ask for. Who have you felt that you, that you don't know how to pray? The disciples came to Jesus. They say, they ask him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And then he used a, a prayer, which I, I believe is an Old Testament prayer. It's a shadow book prayer because it's before the crucifixion. And he says, Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come and all these things for France and vandaag ons dagelijkse brood and all die dinge and vergewe jou naastes. And he does a great, great prayer. But I don't believe, uh, people say that, that that's the epic of prayer. I believe the, the, the epic of prayer is when you are real with God. It's not saying a rhyme. It's not repeating just a simple prayer. It's not a, f- uh, 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 a formula. It's, you can't follow. It's a relational thing. And God the Father is relational with us. And do you know how? Because we've got the Spirit of God in us. In this body of clay, I've got the Spirit of God. And it keeps on reminding me what God says over me and for me and to me and about me. Amen? For with God, all things are possible. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional signs too deep for words. God is the searcher of the heart, knows fully our, our, our longings yet also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us. This Holy Ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Um, I'm gonna, this morning, as I, as I spoke to the Lord, the Lord said to me, it's the season of the, the return of the Spirit where the, the Spirit of fire is going to rest on our heads. Who remembers on Acts 2? In the book of Acts, in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit came down and it was like tongues of fire that came on their heads. And all of a sudden, people who was afraid and they were sitting in their houses, they were scared of being associated with Jesus, started preaching the gospel and 3,000 people got saved. They had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden, cowards became courageous. When they had an encounter, people who were cutting off people's ears and being in denial are now stepping to the forefront and saying, God, I believe in you. Amen? The worst of the worst is starting to have a testimony. And you know what's the most interesting thing is how God calls people out of their comfort. How he calls Peter walking on the sea and they discern a ghost and he says to him, come. And everyone is too afraid to get out of the boat. But Peter, Peter was an Arcadian. Tell you that guy is a real Arcadian. Got out of the boat and he believed God. He stepped into the next moment, this guy's walking on the water and he realized this is, not, this is not humanly possible. What the heck am I doing here? What the heck am I doing in this marriage? What am I doing in this business? Lord, what are we doing with this church? How, uh, you know how confronting it is. Then no phones me. says, listen here, I've got this parent phoning me. They say, my, I'm desperate. My child is desperate. Can, can we please bring him? But we don't have money. I'm saying, I'm not even, I don't even try to, I will not even try to, I say not, come, let him come. I don't have faith for this. I'm doing it blindly because God said. And now I, I believe that God is going to, when God spoke to Angus, he said he's going to fill stadiums. You know what? He was preaching and they could hardly pitch up three people. 
When Reinhard Bonke started off in the Sutu, he could hardly speak to one person. And what I can say to us today, churches, is if we can believe the word of God, then everything is possible for those who believe. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Now, you don't have to tell me about your faith. Okay, the church likes to speak on faith. And I'm a faith guy. But if you have faith, but there's no hope, for instance, you have only faith in what you can see. Faith is not the substance of things that you see. It's the things that, that is unseen that God has moved by. It's when you start believing the word of God and you are a hundred years old and you say, but Lord, you are going to do it. You see, when faith starts stirring, so we love it. And I want to say to you, if you don't have hope, with other words, you stand. Hope is this assurance that you say, Lord, because I know that you can take me through anything and my character has been proven. I have endured through all things. Now I can have hope. You're going to do it. Hope is when you make God accountable to His promises. Amen? A good expository on hope. is when you make God accountable and you remind Him of His promises. And then the Bible makes it very clear. If you have hope, so you've got this great thing, you want this great house, you've got want this beautiful wife, but you don't have love, you're just going to mess it up. He says of all those things that you have together, when you bring everything together, and you put hope apart from God and faith apart from God. You don't have love. The Bible says this is how they will know that you are Christians. is for your love. You know what makes me excited? When I see people being unselfish. You know what Jesus did? He got into a room. John, 20, John 21. Um, let, let, let's speak about this. <laughs> okay, John 21 is where Jesus already was resurrected. Who knew that when Jesus stood up, the disciples was not excited. They were, a bit, they, were a bit offended. they were a bit afraid because they thought to themselves, we just recently walked out on this guy. And so by the third encounter that Jesus in, in, in John 21 had with them, he, he first visited them at the grave and then he visited them in the upper room. And then he, um, where, where, where he came into the room, he walked through the wall because the door was locked. So by the way, they were scared. And then he had this encounter. They still believed that the only thing better than a Jesus, a Messiah, is a resurrected Messiah. So they believed that Jesus was going to overthrow Rome. And do you know what they were fighting about? Who's going to sit on his left and his right? When he spoke the third time about his death that is coming, John 16. When he spoke the third time about his death, they are busy fighting on who's going to sit on his left and his right side. It's a positioning thing and there's no love in that what they did. They were not fighting on who was going to lay down their lives in the way that they saw that he did it. And you know what blesses me the most about Jesus? Now he gets up into the, the upper room the evening before he was betrayed. He said, this is the example I'm going to leave with you. If you want hope, realize this because I'm going to take you and I'm going to wash your feet. And then I'm going to expect you to do the same to others. Now what he said to them? He said, I'm going to let you, you touch a person's dirty parts. Okay? If you see some guys that, that, that's been on the streets, I want to say to you, if you see a guy's feet, as you all four times and his foot is still fail, then you know that fail. So now all of a sudden, what Jesus does, is he gets down into a posture of saying, I'm about to leave this earth. And what I'm going to leave with you is this following. I'm going to leave you in a, in a way 
that you would have love towards people. That you would not have contention on who's the greatest, who's the best apostle. You know what happened to the apostles? Each and every one, on the exclusion of John, got martyred and killed. That's the apostles, the, earth, the first day apostles. You didn't want to get a prophetic word, you're an apostle. Amen? It was not that long. It's not like today. They, they weren't wearing bright shoes and pointy shoes and having those cardushi suits on. These guys were giving everything away. And you know what Jesus even told them on one occasion? He said, when, when someone uh, requires of you your cardushi your or your Gucci suit, he says, then give, give, your, give your, not only your, your coat, give, the, give your shirt as well. You know what I love about Jesus is how Jesus is busy working in the church's heart in this season. And hope apart from God means nothing. Hebrews 6.18 So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that it is the promise and His vow will never change. And now we have run in, into His heart to hide ourselves in our faithfulness. This is where we find His strength and comfort, for He empowers us to see what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. You see, this Holy Spirit keeps on telling us that we've got this hope in Him. He keeps on reminding us. He keeps on telling us, this is where I'm taking you. This is what I want to do. I remember how the Lord said to me back one night, I think, Kada, you, you will remember, we stayed in um, Mount Christ. This is where Paul and Yelit on the other side of the and um, one night, I was having an encounter with God there. And I was having a nervous breakdown because I had a credit card that was a thousand rand into the debt. I was thinking to myself, how am I ever, my, my, my wife, which is just, okay, who just fell pregnant, now all of a sudden, I'm in debt of a thousand rand. And I can't hustle, I don't have plans, I'm a student. I don't know, I, don't, I don't, didn't even think that the church is going to employ me. So I never thought of being in church. I did business and nothing was working out. And in that season, I was so broken, I had to go and sit with the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm not sure how we're going to make this. I've just recently married this young girl and we're 10, 10 months married and the next moment she tells me she's pregnant. And I was afraid to, I was so afraid. I said, Lord, I really I need you to come through. And all of a sudden, I want to make it a financial thing. You know what God made it? He made it a, a relationship thing. He took the finance thing away from me. And as soon as I turned my eyes to relationship, the finances was not an issue. He came through and he gave us something which we could not afford. He opened up doors which we didn't know what could happen. We sold our house. We had a very tiny house. Uh, it was the cutest place you can ever think of. And um, it, the people were, were, were mocking us because they said, you're living on the wrong side of the highway. Okay, our friends were staying in two bedroom houses. We were staying in this bachelor pad. It was literally this size. <laughs> and, um, and then they told us, listen, you're staying on the wrong side of the highway and all of that. You know, and I, 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 just, I was just happy. I was saying, listen, you're getting the highway. And we sold that house and we made a, a, a very good profit. And even the guy that bought the house, were, they, they were, and I was lost. So for Macy was lost. She so, said, so, so, Amen. And when, when, they, when the, they moved into our house, the Holy Spirit came and that girl and guy gave their hearts to the Lord. And today they're standing in ministry. 
Because that was a sacred place of prayer. And a place of, of I believe we changed the atmosphere. Amen. I don't know about you guys. I believe that when faith comes, when light comes into the room, darkness must flee. When we come in with a confession, then Jesus wants to do something. When we come around sickness, sickness wants to change because it has no right around us. Amen. Um, in church, you know what? That, that there's not supposed to be people that is still in oppression. Oppression needs to go. I want to say to you, there's nothing in your life that Jesus is not willing to deal with. Are you willing to give it to him? Now listen here, Romans 15, 13. Now may God, the inspiration and foundation of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncomfortable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Until you start... You know the word radiate means literally that you will, you will reflect something of what God has said. So if God says he's got a man for you, you start reflecting the promise of God because it is on its way. It's already busy being prepared. If God is busy doing something in, your, in, 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 in a word over your life, that, then God is at the back already busy restoring. When God says, listen here, yeah, I've got you, I'm going to let you preach, Natasha. He's already in the back. He's busy radiating something upon you that's going to bring you to that place where it will echo. Like, it's like a man that looks in the mirror the Bible speaks of. And the Bible says, just don't be one who forgets. So when you look into the mirror, you either see the promise of God or you run away from the reflection because it scares you. Amen? So that was my introduction. I hope, or I hope that... The, that, that, that it is a, a good introduction. Um, so I'm not going to, I'm just going to speak about the story. So in Luke 18, we see the illustration of a widow once again. And she was going to an unrighteous judge. And listen, yeah, I, I'm going to re read a few, a few verses. One day Jesus taught the apostles to keep praying and never stop to lose hope. So he's speaking on the subject of not losing the hope, the promise that God has made over your life. And he's teaching the apostles, the saint ones, those ones who's already gone out, they've driven out devils, they've seen the sick, sick, sick raised, or the dead raised, they saw that the sick got healed. They have this mighty confession, Lord, we came back and everything was subjected to your name. That's the church, that's the early church. And now they're coming back and again Jesus are teaching them how to have dialogue with God. You know what's the problem? We don't dialogue with God. Prayer is dialogue. It is speaking to God. It is not having, there's no right way of praying. The best prayer is an earnest one. It's the guy hitting his chest and saying, Lord, I've missed it. That is dialogue with God. And God takes note of truthful prayer of truthful speech, people who honor him in spirit and in truth. It's when the woman at the well starts becoming real with what is going on in her heart. And all of a sudden, Jesus touches her. Now in this story, now Jesus are teaching them through this illustration, and he says, in a certain town there, there was a civil judge, a thick-skinned and godless man who had, never fear, um, had no fear of others, of others' opinion, and there was a poor widow in that town who kept pleading with the judge, grant me justice and protect me against my oppressor. 
He ignored her pleas for quite some time, but she kept asking and eventually said to himself, this widow keeps annoying me, demanding her rights, and I'm tired of listening to her. Even though I'm not a religious man and don't care about the, the, the opinion of others, I will, just get, I will just get her off my back by answering her claims for justice. And I will rule in her favor. And then she will leave me alone. The woman is the church. And you know what the word is saying to us here? It is saying, be like the woman that goes in the world. Now, God does not judge. This is an unrighteous judge. judge. God is a righteous judge. And he's saying to the church, go into the world and make petition over that which I spoke and promised to you. And don't ever surrender and give up. And as you continue with petition and you continue in prayer and you continue speaking to God about the promises that he has made over you, he will not leave nor forsake you. So what God is saying that if you will demand and you will command all these things around you, now, command here is not telling the Lord what to do. It is it's coming into agreement with what God has already said. I want to say to you, you can't tell me, um, who remembers that song? I want to break free. Amen. Yes. I've spoken about that in church. I remember being, I think I was six, seven, in Woodbank. My mom, it's a, it's a opal cadet And God knows, God knows I want to break free. Amen. I'm falling in love. actually I'm falling in love for the first time, and this time I know it's for real. Who remembers that? I want to break free. Amen. I want to tell you, I remember sitting in that car, and I thought, man, we've got this whole thing figured out. We are very mean. We are intimidating. We're stopping at the robots. Everyone is scared. I'm six years old, man. Having my arm out the window. And I think I've arrived. Because I believed something. For a moment, I believed that I could be something. I remember one day getting into uh, school and I was uh, attending the choir. And I wanted to sing. I had this big desire to sing. It was before I went for the chicks. It was really, at this stage, it was an honest appeal. I was going to go to the choir to sing. And they told me, man, you can't sing. Please, don't, don't ever attempt to try that again. And I was heartbroken because I felt that I had something and I had something to give and the world needs to see it. And then all of a sudden, I got opposition. All of a sudden, you got divorced. All of a sudden, you went bankrupt or people did you in. And the Bible says the promise is not with the truth. It was when you believe the lie rather than the truth. It's when we gave up on the idea that God said something that is so crazy and so insane. I believe, I'm looking at my father-in-law, and they, they married next year, 50 years, am I right? He's turning 70 this year, so it means he got married when you were 21. Yeah, we're out of spot here to try. Mava swanger for it. Okay. 
En die donderdag 21 word, he, he, he turned 21 the Thursday, and he, he got married the Saturday. He said, that, let's give him a hand. I mean, 50 years, that's, that is quite a, a, a great testimony. So, what, what blessed me, what blessed me the most, was when I all of a sudden realized when we got married, that it's doable. It challenged something in my heart. Because I saw someone else. You know how faith gets stirred? How do we develop hope in our hearts? Is when we see someone standing up and they succeed. We are seeing a world record will be there for 20, 30 years. And then one guy breaks that record. And all of a sudden, 50 guys break that record. It becomes the new norm. What was impossible in one time. Um, Lizette, Franz is not here now. Lizette used to say to me, she said, there's a difference between a fact and the truth. Facts change all the time. Let me give you a fact. 500 years ago, no one could go to the moon. 500 years ago, nothing drove faster than 60 kilometers an hour. Not even horse. Yeah. Today, then they came the automobile and they started driving and they, they reached 80 kilometers an hour. And all of a sudden they went to the moon. And things started changing. So facts change. The problem with the churches is we take facts and we make it our truth. Instead of taking the truth and making that a fact. Big difference. You know what the Lord said to me in this season? He said, Matthias, I'm going to do a thing in your day. In your day. What the eye have not seen, what the ear have not heard, which has not sprung up into the heart of man. Now I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to let you be part of a flow in a nation where I'm going to bring liberation. Yellow, green, black, and white. I'm going to raise up the dead. You're going to call out prostitutes. And give them value. You're going to treat them like ladies. And they're going to have a great testimony. You're going to take boys. And you're going to turn them into men. Amen. Why? Why? Because my grace has been sufficient for you. In and out of every season. This morning... As I'm concluding on the basis of hope, I want to come against the enemy that has come. And the Bible says he has come in like, like a swarming locust and it, it has devoured the promise of God in your life. It has devoured the idea that you had that God can restore. I want to say this morning, all of a sudden I'm aware of the Holy Spirit. That God wants to restore relationship between parents and the children. I believe this morning that God wants to restore prophetic things in people's life. Prophetic things. I believe that God wants to come and heal people's sexuality. I sat with my wife, we were youngly wed, and I said to her, I don't know how to do this. I'm perverse to the core I need a touch from Jesus I was so afraid to start with this woman's house because all of a sudden I will be able to work with people's hurts and I never want to take 
I never want to take and misuse my authority. So I said to the Lord, I don't want to do this. And I had the Lord saying, I want you to do it in this season. It was a point of such friction between me and the Lord. Because there's something about myself that I don't trust. But then God calls you into something, not where you feel safe. The Bible speaks about when your feet fail. When your feet starts falling. And you stand up. You say, Lord, I want to do this. I believe you. So what are we going to do? What is the hope that we have? What is the Lord doing in our congregation? He's busy fulfilling the promise. He said, not, not myself. He said to me that write the next chapter. Acts 29. Write the chapter. Let people's chapters get known out there. And they're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and on the word of their testimony. All of a sudden, I, become aware, I became aware of the fact that God is going to restore and He's going to give us everything that you did not deserve. Went into one of my, my sons, one of the guys that came out of Ark. Next week, he's going to come and give his testimony here, Mornay. I went into his house, and all of a sudden, a homeless guy has the most beautiful home and furniture. His wife is sitting in a chair, and I'm standing astounded to see what God could do. If you see him next week, I'll show his pictures next week. And in my heart, I'm breaking because when I saw that boy, I never believed that that could, could happen. I had to see and witness it with my own eyes. I doubted. And all of a sudden, these things are busy stirring the church. The message of salvation is the message told by people who once experienced such great brokenness. And all of a sudden, they overcome. And now they become the lighthouse to those who are in that same situation. This morning, I believe that the Lord is saying, I want you for once again to go back deep inside of your heart and allow me to call to the forefront the prophetic promise that I have placed upon you. And everyone else might disqualify you. Remember as a young boy, I would walk in, my, my, like a bakwerk is hard. My father used to mock me because of that. And I felt so insecure about my, uh, my dumbo ears. Amen. When I came and I started serving the Lord, all of a sudden something got called out in me. Today I can't care. I don't care what people think of me. I don't care if people like me. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not in the, I just want to be what God tells me to be. While we sit here for this morning, let's just close our eyes. Place your hands just on your heart. This is this morning is a prophetic, a prophetic announcement of God's grace in your life. Just while Wilhelmine plays prophetically, brother, I want you on the Sukilokopi. Just while she plays prophetically, this morning. Peter came in, in Acts 4. He says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. 
I want to say to you this morning that God is calling something out of you this morning. Let's just close our eyes. Come aware of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are so awesome in this place. Thank you, Lord, that you are changing people's hearts. You're taking away the heart hearts. You're putting and placing in them a heart of flesh. Taking away, Lord, the judgment on them. You are canceling death this morning, Father. You are revealing destiny and purpose and love and kindness. that the Lord says that nothing is impossible only believe there's people that gave up on dreams I see you having a dream the Lord says on your old age I can still fulfill promises I can still fulfill promises I see all of a sudden I sing a brand I see how the Lord says I'm placing a brand this season I will work I see you laboring for the Lord in this season and how you give up so much the Lord says you'll pursue like a Mary you will diligently seek I see that there would be recognition because people will speak of your name see your name on clothing and all of a sudden people will say that I've learned I've taken from her Dorcas was a woman who made a lot of clothing the father says my daughter I've taken note I've made a promise to you when you were young and even on an old age I can fulfill it so do not shy back you're going to give dignity to women you're going to train them you're going to love them you're going to mother them Lord says, don't put your security in anything else except in me. Even your health. Even your health is in his hands. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh, Jesus. This morning, if you've come into this building and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you want to make right, you want to give your heart to Jesus, I want you to stand up. Just stand up. I hear that the Holy Spirit wants to heal you. He wants to make you part of family. Thank you, Jesus. close now if you are taking prophetic word now you are bring it in remembrance in front of God like this this widow as you continue to press forward in the high call if 
you are serious about the prophetic word that the Lord places upon your life and you say, Lord, I want to stand up as a prophetic action, I want you to stand up and say, Lord, I'm stepping into this. I'm not this, I'm this. Let the weak say that I'm strong. Let the poor say that I'm rich. Thank you, Jesus. I see that the Heilige Geest where people break. Thank you, Jesus. and have the greatest sermon but if you leave without a touch you are empty I hear the Lord says I take note I deal I break away with any perversion I break away from your hurt I break the anger away from you the disappointment I take it away from you I'm dealing with con condemnation on hearts who feel so unwilling to say Lord I love you you are still walking under judgment thank you Jesus thank you Jesus so aware of his presence I want you to write down a word whatever the Lord places on your heart now maybe he's telling you you are victorious delivered loved beloved favored blessed in high esteem I want you to write down the word which the Lord is placing upon your heart right now 
Bible said die gedagtes wat ek oor jou het, is gedagtes van lewe. He's not saying any bad thing about anyone this morning. I hear that the Lord says, it's, it's your time to fix your call. you a second thing. This is going to make you feel a bit uncomfortable. Who wants to be used by the Lord? Is there anyone who says, Lord, Jeremiah sent me? Then just raise your hands. Okay, so that's about the whole church. Now I'm going to ask you, again, just to become quiet, to get a word, and then go to someone and encourage them. Don't want you to give a prophetic word, just a word, a single word. The Lord says, you are blessed. The Lord says, you are free. A single word. Can we do that? While we are so aware of the Holy Spirit, let's do that this morning. Just stand up, step out, and encourage someone just with a word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we are so aware of you right now. Where do you go? You'll see it looks like a flower that's opened up. Okay.
Halleluja. Yes, Lord. Ik kon hier zeggen, amen, of klaarmaking. Maar je hart voelt net zo so bedien. Wie voelt bedien volgend? Wie voelt net eigenlijk geest dat je hart komt bedien? Hey, Christian, can you feel it, man? Can you feel the warmth in your heart? I feel a drawing. I said to my wife a while ago, we're in a season now where we, we, we are racing. And in times when you run in the flesh, you get tired. I get tired. Because I've got a lot of flesh, carnal things that, that, that we fight and we, what we work through. But the Lord is all of a sudden busy restoring. In this past few days, I've had so, so many apologies and things and that streams in and the, the way that God's just rectifying things in the spirit. And what I can say in this season is I really believe that God wants us just to step up, step up. If the Lord lays something upon your heart, maybe the Lord's telling you, listen, I want, to, I want you to be obedient. Obedience is always better than any sacrifice. The Lord tells you to do this, maybe you need to phone someone, maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe you need to just speak a word out, out over someone. Say, Lord, I, I bless them. It doesn't mean you need to have bride day together. That was yesterday. Okay? M maybe it's just to say, Lord, I need to forgive. Maybe it is that you need to say, Lord, I need to forgive myself. The, the hardest part in what we do in the church is the fact that we forgive ourselves. Sometimes the hardest and the toughest. So let's just close our eyes. I'm going to conclude this service. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are so awesome in this place. Thank you, Father, that none of us become self-aware, but we become God-aware. Thank you, Lord, that you are supplying to everyone's need and desires and that you are meeting them from the smallest childish faith to the greatest faith in this room, Lord, that you are meeting their desires. Thank you, Lord, that you take note of each and every individual because you don't only count our hairs, but you do care. And Father, I want to ask, Lord, that this will be a comforting time for us. I want to ask, Lord, that this will be a season of refreshment. Thank you, Father, that all debt is paid in Christ all that I ask Lord even as we go today that we will be so aware of your love your peace and your joy that we will never lose hope ever of what you have said in Jesus mighty name I bless you this morning I bless your children and their children I bless your families I bless your household I bless your finances I bless your emotions I trust that the Lord will be good and kind in this season. In Jesus' name.